guys, it's Brittany with an I. And Brittany with a Y. And this is Tubies Continued. Welcome back, guys. It's been Hello. a while. It's been too, too long. It's been a hot minute. Well, you know, we made it back finally. We'll talk about fertility and infertility and becoming a parent and a mom and family and things like that. And I think, you know, everything's focused around the woman through the whole thing, but I think men go through a lot too. I agree. I really do. I think they go through a lot just in the sense of being there, supporting, having to watch their partner. And, you know, I feel like they don't get to feel all their feelings because it needs to be about her, but they're equally as involved. I agree. And sometimes your wife, your girlfriend, your partner, whoever it may be, can get a little crazy and you kind of just got to buck up and go with it. You do. So if people don't remember from our first episode, you are a mother of two and I'm a mother of one. Well, obviously I experienced pregnancy and birth through a pandemic. I'm sure you experienced it through other things. So I think it'll be nice to see it and understand it through both people's perspectives. Yeah. I think pregnancy in a pandemic would be pretty nice. It's nice. It's nice in the fact that, you know, you can't really do anything as a pregnant woman. You know, you can't go out and party and stuff. So you didn't really have a lot of FOMO because everyone's out, you know, partying and raging, especially me who like to do that in my previous life. I was like, oh, we're good. (laughs) I'm like, you have to sit at home just like me. You just drink at home. I just can't drink. So you can be depressed and drink. I can just be depressed. Let's be in this together. (laughs) Just different ways. I'm here for it. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's not really the greatest. Like the whole like birth story and everything, but we'll get to that. Now, you were married for how long before getting pregnant? No, I'm just kidding. I always have to ask you. Three years, I think, was three years. And then how long were you with your? Oh, that's four months. (laughs) Shoot the shot, real quick. I I think that's good. No, it's not. Listen, I just got done saying. I keep getting all this crap in life, but hey, don't jump into things either, folks. You know, let that be a lesson to you. Don't get engaged after two weeks. Don't get pregnant four months later. Anyways, moving on. Life lessons. I'm curious, since you guys were together for so long and married for two years before getting pregnant, how often did you encounter the question, when are you guys going to have a baby? I feel like after we said I do, people are like a month later. So are you going to have kids? When are you having kids? Are you going to have kids? And we're like, yes, eventually, but not right now. And I get like, you know, it's like, what do they say? First come love, second comes marriage, third, a baby and a baby carriage. I mean, if the older generation doesn't live by that, I, God, let's move on. I mean, people aren't doing that anymore, but Oh, you get asked constantly. You never stop getting asked. And then, you know, eventually you're ready and, you know, a light switch flips and you're like, oh, okay, maybe we're like ready for this and we can do it. And then, you know, when people say that, then you can obviously say trying, but people ask you right out of the gate. They don't even give you a second to breathe. Yeah. 
I mean, you weren't probably wearing a honeymoon yet before you were asked by somebody. It's crazy. It is crazy. And it, it, I think when people ask that, they put a lot of pressure on those people too, because they don't know, you know, those people's story. And I think the other thing that really gets me is, you know, before when people would ask me like, oh, are you going to have kids? I mean, even to you, I was like, mm, I don't really think that's going to be for me. Like I used to like be very like, I want a kid, but I don't because that's weird. Like, I just thought the whole thing was weird. These as it's, it backed me up. And then when you stopped referring to like a baby as an it, like if you saw a baby on your feet or something, you'd be like, oh my God, look, the baby so cute. I was like, oh, we're getting ready. The baby fever is kicking in. (laughs) I was like, her ovaries said, what's up? (laughs) I don't know what like what changes that that happens I don't know if that happens for every woman really interesting because I do think either someone is born and wanting to parent or not and I don't think there's anything wrong with either one but then I think some people are like oh yes go do let's do it and other people are like I'm gonna get there I know I want it not this instant you know what I mean it's kind of interesting to see it play out like I was a very young mom by choice um on my 21st birthday I was seven weeks pregnant so and it was a hundred percent planned we tried we wanted to be parents we wanted a child in the worst way um my mother's mom died giving birth to my mom complications from pregnancy she ended up bleeding out and that was a big fear for me my whole life. Cause I thought, all I want to do is be a mom. I don't want to wait because she was only in her early thirties and that was her fourth child. So I was, oh, wow. yeah. So I knew like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it young. And here we are <laughs> two, two babies later. Two babies later. I mean, my oldest is going to be 12 this year. So it's like the last year before there's teen in her age, which is so That's crazy, crazy. But yeah, I mean, I don't regret it. I don't. I mean, is it easy? No, you know, but do I think the way you did it makes more sense? Heck yeah. I mean, being stable and like two people coming together not necessarily marriage. I'm not a fan of the path, the way people are supposed to do it. I don't necessarily yeah. agree with that. I'm not knocking anybody, but at the same time, I just don't think that there is ABC like that. But I do like seeing two people come together, like ready to take their relationship there and they get there. And I think that's really interesting to watch. Yeah. Now with you, somebody who say, let's, you were engaged, not married. And then you found out you're pregnant. How did your family and friends like accept that? Were they like, did you have anyone that was very judgy or? No, my mom, my mom, my mom was not happy. We're, We're 20 years apart. So, you know, when I told her I wasn't 21 yet, so she was a gonna be a 40 year old grandma, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm seven years from 40. If my kid comes home and says she's making me a grandma. We're Could you imagine? <laughs> I'm not going to like it, but it is life. Um, but no, everybody was very excited, very excited for us. Um, 
all my uncles were very supportive and some of my uncles can be a bit judgy um but they were like over the moon for you you're gonna be the best mom you know all my friends were pretty supportive friendships definitely shifted and I expect that you know I'm 20 years old I've had these friends for years through childhood and all that and the change was hard and isolating very very much so yes I think I think that's why having a good support system and someone there to support you helps because you know, it is a tough process after, you know, during and after it's tough. It's not easy. I don't know why people make it sound easy. It's not. And you definitely need people there for support because without support, you're going to go insane. Like you're just, you'll make it, but it'll be a rocky road for sure. So definitely having friends or a husband or a significant other, anyone there is definitely helpful. So it's a shame you decide to make that leap in life and, you know, add another human to your family and certain people just decide to, you know, you don't hear from them anymore or they're like, oh, you know, they're busy with that. And it's like, you chose to do that, but I didn't, you know, I didn't choose to like my friends to disappear. You know, you'd hope all those people would stay around, but it doesn't happen like that. No, and it doesn't, but I don't see it any different than making a career choice like why are your friends not still your friends you know why are is the friendship taking this huge hit because you want something whether it's at a different time or they don't want it at all you're not asking them to do it you didn't change you just added somebody to your life so I don't know that's always kind of got me because I'm like if we were such good friends where are you like yeah you just disappear and it's like why you know why why did you disappear why don't you want to come around anymore do anything anymore and I had to chalk it up to okay all my friends are getting ready to turn 21 although we all you know partied and drank before it was a big year for them and I'm like they got to go be 21 I get it go do you but it was like you couldn't text, you couldn't call, you know what I mean? Anything. I expect them to drop everything. Obviously I can't go out and partake like we would have previously. That's fine. It's like the contact. It's so weird to me that like one day you have these people that you're so close with. And the next day it's like, oh, hey, this is the date of my baby shower. You want to come? It's like awkward. (laughs) Yeah. It is a shame. No, it shouldn't be like that. You know, and I don't know. I think it's just unfortunate, but it's life. Becoming a mom, to me, hands down the best thing I ever did. Taking the hit on the other parts, interesting, but it's also been a learning experience and something for me to kind of grow off of who I do and I don't want in my life. Yeah, I think too, after you become a mom, and I don't know if this is for you or if this is just my look on it, but after I had my daughter, postpartum for me was not the greatest journey by any means. So I think whenever something in life happens that I'm just like, I don't want to put the energy into it. I'm like, I just can't be bothered with it. Like there's, I brought in a human into this world. Like she's way more 
like I want to just be involved in that I don't want to be involved with this petty crap so it's like anything that like is a small inconvenience I'm like we're done like move on I I can't with it like I'm watching someone grow up and like be who they are like I just don't have the time for it yeah you're out here like molding a whole human you're not going to be out here doing the petty bullshit nonsense drama you're just like hey how are you well no okay take care of that you know it's like yeah it's like you have other things to have to worry about and I don't want that to come off like selfish or like anything but you really just your whole mindset changes and it it goes towards like another direction and another person another being and that person comes first you don't even come first they come first and then you come second and then from there on so it's like it's hard for me when someone wants to inconvenience me with something like so small I'm like you're like way down here. I, again, I, it doesn't want, I don't want it to sound selfish or like rude, but it's reality. I, I feel selfish. I really don't. I think it sounds realistic because you kind of, something happens in everybody's life that gets you to that point where you're just kind of like over the nonsense or maybe not over it, but you just kind of see priorities different. And yeah, that's a good way to put a child it. and like you said, that child is number one. You put that person before yourself and that is life. Yeah. Like, that's a really good way to put it. Priorities they, definitely they, they do. But with that being said, you know, I'm a big believer of still being you and making time for you and your significant other yes. after becoming a parent, because I think mom guilt is so real. Uh, you're so scared to miss things. Cause it's like, well, what if they do this today? And I missed it because I went and did something I wanted to do, not something I had to do like work Mm -hmm. or something like that. So it's like, you feel guilty. Like, oh, I'm going to go to a happy hour with the girls. No, it took me a long time, a long, long time to realize like those two hours away are for my mental stability. I'm a better mom because of it. Mm -hmm. And although sometimes before I go and do anything, I'm like the mom guilt. It, it just actually happened a couple weeks ago where my own kids are like, mom, you need to go out and have fun with your <laughs> friends too. I was like, well, damn. I mean, if and they're telling me, I guess I, I go out there. Like, did you just ask your kids for permission? I said, no, it's not about their permission. I don't need their permission or their blessing. I said, but it's nice to know my kids realize like, you guys need play dates. Mommy needs play dates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I do think that you still have to find that time. Now looking at it too, you know, you had your kids and then you were able to stay home through like their younger years. And then mm-hmm. me, you know, I had my daughter and I'm not able to do that at right, you know, right now. So it's like, I feel like we experience the mom guilt, the same kind of mom guilt but like at different ages. And it's kind of interesting to understand like how that all works. And like you said, your kids are like, mom, like, okay, you can go and like do your own thing. But here I am. I'm like, I haven't seen my daughter all week because I've been at work and it's like the weekend's the only time I have with her. So I just want to spend every single second with her. And I think I'm still adjusting to like, okay, I need to like do things for me, even though I love to do things with her, but you are right. It is. I was home when they were little. So I think another part was like for my sanity, I needed like some adult interaction, you know, because their dad would work when he worked and then he would come home and he's tired. It's fine. He's 
has the right to be and he did like physical labor every day so that's exhausting and then I'm like ready to be like pouncing on him like let's talk let's hang out let's you know like let's have dinner and go to bed and I'm like yeah you know so I definitely needed that adult interaction and it was nice too because I did at first find like a group of young mom friends and we kind of all got around and like just vented about life and it like it was like wow there's more than just me feeling this way and I think during pregnancy and after pregnancy it's so hard to realize there is a community out there um there's other people feeling how you feel and it's hard because you don't always want to say it out loud it's very emotional it takes a real toll I agree 100% going back to like you know people asking are you trying or when are you going to have a baby and I know a lot of people struggle with infertility and I think more so people don't understand that people actually do suffer from infertility and have problems trying to conceive and it happens more so than not you know, you're taught as a kid, you're like, oh, don't have sex because if you have sex, you're going to be pregnant right away. So you think your whole life, like, oh my God, it's going to happen. It's it, And it's not like that. It takes months. I mean, it took me months and it was, it's hard. I don't think people realize that it is a process and that simple question puts so much pressure on a couple. And I think in my opinion, what I say to anybody trying to get pregnant is don't make it a task because the minute it becomes robotic and it's you need to get an end result out of it you just don't enjoy it and I think it puts way too much pressure on both of you and it's just not fun like making that baby all that practice heck yes it should be a good time like growing up it's like oh you get married and you have a baby and that's what you do and it's like oh it's this family has six babies. So it's like, it's like, it's so easy to come by. Yeah. But in reality, that is not life. I mean, that's just not how it goes. I don't know why it seems like it's more so in our generation. Infertility is so big and growing. It really does feel that way. I don't know if it feels that way because more people are talking about it now, but you know, when I was trying to conceive, you know, I was like, oh my God, yes, we're pregnant. We're so excited. This is wonderful. And, you know, I didn't think anything of miscarriage or chemical pregnancy or anything like that. And, you know, you just wake up one day and you just don't feel normal. And you're like, this does not feel normal. I don't think this is right. What is happening? And you just start to like overthink everything because once you find out you're pregnant and you have that line on that test, you were like, in it, man. You're like, oh my God, something just changes in your mind. And you're just like full gung-ho, like I'm going to have a baby and they're, you know, I'm growing a human and this and that. And you're so excited. And for it to just be taken away from you in like a blink of an eye is the hardest thing to have to deal with ever. And I mean, mine was so early on that sometimes I try to write it off like, oh, I shouldn't have been that upset. Or I should have just like, it is what it is. And I should have moved on because it was so early on, but then there's these other people who I'm like, you know, they're 28, 29 weeks or they had the baby and it passed away after they had it. And it's like, how do I, you know, go neck and neck with those people. But realistically it's the same thing, just in different 
terms. Which is yeah, I don't think you can, you should ever feel bad whether you were five weeks, 25 weeks, loss is loss. I mean, I get what you're saying where the extent of it is, you know, you don't want to compare a miscarriage or a chemical pregnancy to like a stillbirth, but you still got excited. You still saw that line on that test and you literally started envisioning your child and it's nothing you can do. It's just natural. And, you know, you were excited and happy and you wanted it. And then, like you said, once you see that line, your body is just like, it's almost like you become hyper aware of everything that day on that's going on with your body, which I think is a good thing because you can say something's wrong. You have to hear that and find out, you know, it didn't take, or you're losing the baby and it's devastating. I don't, I mean, I've experienced it and it's awful. And it, you almost do feel like, why am I so sad? So early on, but at the same time, it's like you grow a human for 40 weeks. You started the process and you lost it. And that is sad. Even if it is super early on four five, six, seven, eight weeks, so many things change within your body. Even early on, you notice them, you feel them. You're like, oh, I'm sick or, oh, I just feel super tired. You're immediately already changed. So I think your hormones are already all over the place. And then you experience the loss. So then your hormones need to equal out. So that just adds the extra emotion. And it's, it's really tough. And I think at that point, there's a lot of why. Yeah. Stick. Why did this happen? Did I do something? What did I do wrong? What should I have done different? There's just a lot of questions because it's like, there's never really a reason not necessarily something you did or your body did or didn't do. It's just what happens. And it's almost like you wish you just didn't pee on that stick. Yeah. Like for me in my scenario, obviously we were trying. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm a few weeks before my period. I want to test to see what's going to happen. And, you know, I had a line. So I was like, I didn't say anything to anyone. I test the next day. It's more prominent. Well, as time went on, I noticed you know, things were not feeling right. I was having cramping and, you know, there's spotting and things like that. I was like, well, let me take another test. When I took the next test, the lines started to fade. And I was like, no, no, it's just because of the day you start to like, try to tell yourself like, oh, it's the day I tested or, you know, maybe it's this, or maybe it's that. And you realize the day it wasn't first thing in the morning. So my levels were lower. Oh yeah. Been there. Yeah. So you know, you start to like really stress out and you're like, what's happening? Like something's happening and you just don't want to believe that's what it is. You want to will that baby back into existence. Although you know exactly what's happening. You're going through it one time. I, I give so many parents so much, you know, because even going through it once is like traumatizing. So to have to go through multiple times, I could never imagine. Yeah. I don't wish the pain on anyone, whether it's early on or later on. It's not something no. you ever want to experience. It really is. And I mean, my personal experience, I had one before and one after. So we had no children, then we had two. And after having two and then having one, then I was really just like, what the hell? You know, like, why? Yeah. I, 
two healthy living, breathing children staring at me while I'm sobbing. Cause you know, I'm like, I don't understand that. Like, and it's just mind blowing how many women experience it, go through it. I just, I feel for them. I really do. And I think too, like people always say, oh, wait, you know, wait a while before you tell anyone. And I think that's great and all because I, I believe in like, you know, jinxing something or, you know, saying something too early. But I also think it's helpful if you tell people that you are in fact pregnant, because if that is something that happens to you, you have those people to gather around you and to support you and to listen and to be there for you. And if you never told anybody, you have your spouse and that's it. And it's like, you don't have your mom or your dad or, you know, your best friend or your cousin, of, you know, whoever it may be, because you kept it a secret. So I think, cause you never know, you could have friends that went through it and they never said anything. Oh, and so I believe when- I do. I really believe that I probably do. And I feel bad because I think your experience is your own and you have to decide, are you comfortable? Do you feel safe? Are you questioning it? Do you want to wait? You know what I mean? Like everybody has to process it their way, especially for people who struggle to conceive. I think they wait and heck, I don't blame them at all. But then at the same time, sometimes saying it out loud to each person, it becomes more real. So when the loss happens, it's like, oh my gosh, now I have to tell all these people. And every time you say it, it's like another blow. Like it's happening all over for the first time again and again. And it's just, it's a lot. I really, yeah. it really, it really does suck. Even when we first found out, we had said to our family and friends, like closely very early on. And, you know, after everything started happening, I was like, now all these people know, and you know, you feel even more like a failure. And you're like, what did I do? Is it me? It's like, you feel like, what didn't you do? Or what, why did your body just fail you for lack of other words, you know? And then you're like, now I have to go tell people this and it sucks. It does. It really is not fun. Then you have people who say you've been trying to conceive for a while. You've had this loss now and you still have people come up to you and say, oh, well, you know, when do you want to have a baby? And are you going to have a baby? And, you know, why why are you waiting or what's taking so long? And you should never ask those questions because you really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I feel so deeply for my sister. She had a stillborn baby and, you know, it was, I will never wish this on a person ever. I, her strength, the fact that she even got up and out of bed any day since blows my mind. Like her strength is just unwavering. And it is so hard because she did just have another baby. And while she was pregnant and even since she's had him, everybody says, Oh, is this your first? And you watch her face. Like mm-hmm. you just see, cause she doesn't want to have to say, Oh, Hey, no. You know, I remember the one day she had stopped by to visit me at work and my coworker said, Oh, is this your first? And she was like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. she, what's she going to do? Turn and be like, no, I had a stillborn baby first. That's, you know, my first son. It, it, but at the same time, when she doesn't say it, she feels bad. Like, mm-hmm. like she is dishonoring him. And I'm like, I don't see it that way. I think you just have to choose. Do you want to share it with people? And I think there are some people you may want to share it with, and there's going to be others 
like that person no he's not worth getting into it you know because then it's it could just get awkward and just turn into a snowball things you don't want it to be but I do think people don't realize simple questions are hard to answer yes sometimes you know is this your first you wouldn't think that's I mean how many times were you asked that Oh my God. You're asked it a million times, you know? And it's like, Oh, you know, it's, it's and to me, you're excited for that person. And you don't think it's something that could be painful for them. It is. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I mean, to me, people ask me that and I'm like, Oh yeah, she's my first like, no. mm-hmm. And I think nothing of it, but mm-hmm. you know, to her, that's really, really deep. And you're right. How do you explain yeah. it? Do you explain it? how, you know, how she feel. It's, it's a lot. It really is a lot. And there was a while I feel, and I am saying, I feel. So when she listens to this, she's not like, don't speak for me. (laughs) I feel like with this second pregnancy, she was very not laid back. She didn't want to get as excited. Yeah. You know, I think this fear every day just existed in her and her fiance. Like, they were happy and they love him. Oh my gosh. She's so perfect. But they were scared. I think there yeah. was part of them every day that just held their breath a little bit. And when they made it a day further and a day further and another week, and they were so happy, but I think at first it was just like, don't talk about it. Like it's almost like, let us get to the point we didn't get past last time. And then let's yeah. just be happy. But even then, I think that's the other thing people kind of like chalk up to like oh well after you hit 12 weeks everything's fine no no it's not it's not fine there's so many things had been to the doctors within three four days before she lost her baby I mean and they were like your pregnancy is perfect and those are the words they used so for that to happen days later no and I don't want to say that to like scare anybody like oh don't or walk on eggshells, your whole pregnancy and stress. What I'm saying is, is there's no safe zone. Everybody has a different struggle and it's unfortunate and it's very real. I don't know why it happens. It drives me crazy at the thought because as her older sister, I had to watch my sister go through something and I couldn't understand why or begin to even fathom her pain. And it was just it's like, wow, there are women going through this every single day. And that just is heartbreaking. It's, it's, it really is. It's not talked about enough. Listen, she has a beautiful baby on earth and he is healthy and happy and thriving. And oh my gosh, he loves his mama. So he's so cute. He's the cutest. He is. And he's so like, talk to you he's always pleasant. happy he's a pleasant boy he he's he very is. pleasant I'm like Broad, you got so lucky I'm he's like a good baby everything you went through he could have came out the devil and he did I know oh my god you know? he could the spawn I feel like you see that a lot too with people that have like different struggles they get these like kids that are just like ah. that's like really why that, it is it's a shame but it's I a- think that's an, another thing too that people don't talk about is the process, like I said, you're never like really in a safe zone. They always say, oh, well, this is a safe zone. You're in a safe zone. And you're like, but I'm not because there's so, 
people do not tell you anything. Listen, if you become pregnant, go by yourself. That book that's been around for a hundred thousand years. What is it? What to expect when you're expecting, read it front to back cover to cover. My sister-in-law bought it for me. I opened it up the day I got it and I started reading. And if it is not to the T what you're going to experience or things you need to go look out for, I don't know what is. I mean, you, the for whole first trimester, you don't know if everything's fine. You can't feel a baby. Mm-hmm. You don't go to the doctor as often or you hear everything and do everything. Yeah. You have no Wait, idea. Yeah. And some people go through pregnancy and don't have a lot of symptoms. And, you know, you're sitting here and you're like, okay, well, I'm waiting, want this symptom to happen. And that symptom, because you know, your levels are like going higher. And then when they don't happen, you're like, is everything okay? Like what's happening? And then you finally get to the second and third trimester and they're like, okay, count how many kicks every day, this many kicks. And you're like, there was only this many. And now there was only that. Is everything okay? You just start to like, you're just never okay. Ever. No, it, it shouldn't be that way. It should get to be this like beautiful time, but it's scary. It is nerve wracking because you, there's something about wanting to be a mom and then getting there. And then it's like, you just got to get to the finish line. You just got to get to the finish line, but it's not like, oh, the finish line's in a week. It's like, oh yeah, check back in 35 to 36 more weeks. The other thing I wonder is, you know, with people who've had miscarriages or let's say like stillbirths or things like that, I wonder if they're like more hyper aware the whole next pregnancy they have. And that's why they can't be at ease. And someone who's never experienced that before isn't so much. I'd like to know if that's true. Like, because when I went through my miscarriage, or chemical pregnancy, however you want to say it. My mom was like, I've never heard of such a thing. I don't ever, you know, I've known nobody that's gone through anything like that. And even when I had scares throughout my pregnancy, she was like, oh my God, I hope everything's okay. Like that was just not something that she ever experienced. But for me, I was like, our parents' generation, I swear it's like infertility or, you know, fertility issues weren't as big either they weren't happening like they're happening or nobody talked about it. I'm not sure. Honestly, it's weird. I mean, my mom said that to me when we had a miscarriage, she's like, I don't know anybody who's experienced this. And when what happened to my sister happened, my mom's like, I'm just at a loss. Like, she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help her. I'm like, same. I mean, yeah. Like, how do you, I mean, that's so, yeah. I mean, deep but it's like, you don't realize. So were they not talking about it or did they not experience it? And if that's the case, what's so different from generation to the next generation, why it's happening so much? I would love to talk to somebody and ask them that even like a doctor, I'd be like, why is this? Is it what we're eating? Is it, you know, the atmosphere, you know, it was so into sharing all their business yeah people know you know what I mean but it's like is that what's the problem or because like both of our moms said I don't even know what to say or I have never heard of anybody experiencing that the other thing I wonder too is even though I feel like my doctors did not tell me a lot I almost feel like my parent like my mom's doctor like she's like oh we didn't even have ultrasounds 
And I'm like, what? Like I'm counting down the weeks to when I have an ultrasound and I get to see the baby. And she's like, oh no, I didn't even, I had no idea who you were, what you were like until you came. She's like, you know, we never seen you on an ultrasound. They didn't even have them back then. And I'm like, I would die. Like I would literally be like stressed mess. So maybe it's just because they weren't like technology wasn't there. Yeah. I don't know. They had a doozy of a period or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's very bizarre. Mm -hmm. I always wondered that because I'll never forget whenever it happened. She's like, I've never heard of such a thing or, you know, she's heard of it, but she was just like, I don't know anybody that's experienced that. Yeah. It's hard to explain to someone who hasn't been through it or doesn't understand it or you know, they don't want kids or anything like that. It's like, how do you, you can't compare yourself to those people because, you know, they don't have that, especially people who don't want kids that like maternal instinct, they just don't, they're like, mm, no thanks. So yeah, you can't. it's hard to like get relatable on that level with those type of people, even though, you know, they might try or say, oh, I really feel sorry for you. You could just, right. even me, myself, I'm just like, thanks. I appreciate it, but you really just don't understand. Like, yeah. like, the mass of the scenario here. It's hard because you don't want to be rude either. Cause you're like, I appreciate it. But at the same time, it's like, you, you just don't get it. Or you're sorry is very, for lack of better word, generic. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I, but I, I do feel what you're saying there. Yeah. And I, going back to like, you know, the whole trying to conceive thing. And after, you know, our miscarriage, um, it became easier and easier when people would ask before people would ask like, Oh, are you trying to have kids or when are you going to have a kid or how's that going? And you would say like, Oh, we're trying, we're trying. And then people after that happened, they would ask like me and my husband, like, Oh, are you trying for kids? Or like, when do you want to get pregnant? And we would then start out by saying we were pregnant. We, you know, she lost it or it was a chemical pregnancy and it, and it, doesn't make it a happy conversation by any means people are like oh I'm so sorry you know they feel like bad that they asked but it's so hard to just say oh we're trying because we are trying but we want to accept the fact that it did happen and we don't want to like not remember you know what that could have been just say it for it's not for them it's for you when you're saying it out loud you know, over and over, it's for you. You're acknowledging your loss. You're putting it out there, you know, so you can hear it. You're still processing it. When we had our second miscarriage, we found out by accident because I was having like intestinal issues and they were running all these tests and they're like, hey, we can't do this next part because you're pregnant. And we were like, what? Yeah, (laughs) you're like, hold the phone. We were like, uh no and they're like yeah and then I went and we got excited it was weird like it wasn't planned but it was kind of wild how happy we got and then not even two weeks later you know I'm at work and I'm cramping and then there I'm spotting and I'm like no mm-mm, no mm-mm. again it's like the inner you you're like everything's fine it's yeah. just yeah and I was like I'm just gonna go to the doctors and get checked out and I just kept telling myself nope it's going to be fine. And then I went and they, I will never forget my OB. He looked just as sad as I did. And he was like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, I'm yeah, like, it wasn't planned. We weren't trying. Like, 
I didn't do anything wrong. It's one thing. There's a lot of pressures for it to happen. And I see how it can, how you can lose it because you're, you're stressing yourself out. You're so stressed about it, but this was literally unplanned accidental. And it, it was more like, why? Like, why? Yeah. Why? Why me? Yeah. And I was like, this is stupid. And, and I didn't want to believe it. And he sent me for blood work. He was like, let's just do the blood work and we'll see what your levels are. And I was like, okay. And obviously I had the levels from the tests by accident from a few weeks prior. And the difference was just insane. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, I just was like, no, no, I didn't want to believe it. Yeah. And I, oh, I wouldn't even say it out loud for like a few hours. I just laid in bed and cried and I'm like, but why? And we hadn't told the kids that we were pregnant and then they didn't understand why mommy kept crying. And Sad I'm movie like, kids. <laughs> so little. So I'm like, how do you explain it? And I'm like, there's no need to try now down the road. Like when they got older, I think I told them actually like a year or two ago and they were like, well, what was it? I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) Was it a boy or a girl? I'm like, guys, it was so early. Yeah. Like we don't know. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so sorry. And they're like, so anymore. I'm like, no, what do you think (laughs) you're hiding in the shed? (laughs) But you know, it's, it's an experience that I feel too many women experience. Unfortunately, book is definitely helpful in a lot of ways, but like, I want to know about the pain. I want to like the details that are going to pop up that nobody like, like your girlfriend fire crotch, excuse me. When you're like, what, what? I never heard of it. I I had to Google it. (laughs) (laughs) You have to, that's, I definitely, it's definitely like you obviously had two kids before I was pregnant. So anytime I felt anything, I was like, what do you think this is? Well, what's happening? And you're like, listen, I'm just going to give it to you straightforward. And I feel the same way. Like you told me exactly how it was. So I didn't feel like it was as you was expecting worse. Labor was easier than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably didn't help what my labor did for me. And let me tell you, I was like, praise. Yeah. Granted it was quick. So I didn't really, I didn't have to like labor for many hours or anything like that. Like I give those women a lot of money and I, I give any woman like you credit who go through a natural birth I know your year wasn't like planned but (laughs) but I those people who are like yeah I want to do that I'm like I was in the triage room and they were like the nurse was like listen we're going to take you back now and when they tell you that you can get your epidural you take the epidural she goes whenever you want it and they say you can have it you say yes right then and there don't try to be a superhero I went back there I was like I'm done epidural I need it right now they're like okay we'll get you ready I was like meanwhile you're out here texting me at two in the morning yeah, I'm just having some exams. Um, I think I peed in the bed. I'm like, what? And I'm like, well, like how, how close are your cramps? And you're like, like six to seven minutes apart. I'm like, consistently. And you're like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, so you're in labor and Wait, that was your water. That's the other thing though. Like they're like, you know, they get you all prepared. They're like, okay, you're going to start having contractions. And then, you know, what is it like one, one, five rule or something? I don't know what it is. Something weird like that. Yeah. And, you know, 
I'll never forget like leading up to pregnancy or like labor. I think I asked you multiple times. I was like, what does it feel like? Like, how am I going to know I'm in labor? How do you know you're in labor? I kept asking and asking and people would be like, oh, are you excited? Are you nervous? I said, I'm more nervous because I don't know if I'm going to know if I'm in labor. Like, how do you know? Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I'm out here. Oh, it's just, I mean, the day you're at a flea market walking. I'm like, broad, you can't even look down and see your feet. Go sit down. I'll never, I'll never forget. We went to the, yeah, it was like yard sales or whatever. I was, you know, I was August. I was pregnant. I was a whale. God bless my husband. I'll never forget. Hey, about your thighs. Wait, wait. Yeah. What did he say? Um, oh, your thighs really rubbed again. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, thank you. I get that. I was chubby beforehand, but we don't need to emphasize it, but we got it. I was, oh my God, oh I was so God. aggravated. Your doctor's was my favorite. Oh, you brought somebody's ankles with you to today? Somebody else's ankles to this appointment? I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, they were so big. Your poor little feet. But yeah, and you're, I'm like walking around and we go to my parents that night to have dinner and, you know, I'm just like miserable and I'm like, okay, I want to be done. And I get up from the table and my mom's like, she dropped. And I was like, no. And she's like, oh yeah, you're having that baby tonight. I was like, no, I'm good. I felt fine. I wasn't having any problems. And we get home and my husband's like, I'm going to go to bed. You know, he was like taking a couple back and I'm like, okay. And I'll never forget. That's when that Jeffrey Espine, that's however you say it came out on Netflix. So I was like, oh, I'm going to stay up and watch this. So granted I was up until like one 30 in the morning. And I was like, okay, it's done time to go to bed. And I go to the bathroom and I come back in bed and I shift to like get comfortable. And I'm like, "Mm, I just went pee. So I don't know what that was. So now I'm stressed. That's probably when I started texting you because I was like, okay, what do I do? So then you, for some reason I was up. Yeah just freshly out of the hospital. And I was so tired every other day, but that day I was like wide awake. (laughs) I was stressing and Doug's sleeping, my husband. And I'm like, okay, let me read the papers. Let me see what they say. So they're like, you know, walk around. And if you continue to have like leaking, sorry for anyone, this is a lot of TMI. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing laps around my kitchen, living room, dining room laps. And I'm just like, we're fine. Everything's fine. It was nothing. It just continues. And I'm like, this is not nothing. This is definitely something. And I go and wake Doug up and he, I was like, Doug, Doug. And he's like, what, what, what's happening? And I'm like, I think I need to call the doctor. He's like, do we need to go right now? And I'm like, you've never jumped out of your sleep like this ever, but okay. So I call the doctor and they're like, oh yeah, obviously come in. And then, yeah, you are still up. And I text my mom and that, but yeah, it's, you know, and you just, because you didn't leave for the hospital till what, like two, close to two. Yeah. Two. And then we probably got there at two 30. Yeah. And she was born at like almost nine o'clock in the morning. So yeah, it was yeah. like a really quick labor, very quick labor for a first timer. My first they I had Pitocin and they broke my water with my second, I was determined to go into labor on my own. So I did all the things for two weeks leading up and I wasn't carrying him to full term like I said his dad was a big baby I was and they were like oh he's looking like he's measuring close to 10 pounds I'm like no he ain't Mm -mm, he's not coming out at no 40 41 weeks at 10 pounds not out of this vagina 
So I was like, you know, swinging on a swing. So why is that supposed to help? Like pressure? I just read all the things. I don't even understand it. I didn't do that one where it's like drink that castor oil stuff because I heard horrible things like that women did it went into labor had to have a c-section and ended up being like ill i was like i'm good what about that one and then my doctor was like this is what we're gonna do dr bummer great guy he's like you're gonna triage yourself in and i'm gonna get the baby out i was like wait what and he's like you're gonna go down to mcgee and you're gonna tell them all your symptoms i'm like what are <laughs> you know, because I'm like, I'm not giving the worst. Right. And he's like, you know, cramping, you're so uncomfortable, all this and that. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But be dramatic. I'm like, gotcha. Say last. You're the exact, you're the exact <laughs> person for that, role. right? I'm like, I got this. So I go in day one and I'm like, having a baby today. Didn't eat before I went because I was like, they're going to keep me. An hour later, they're like, here's your discharge papers. And you're just going to want to call your OB if, you know, you start having contractions five minutes apart or less. I'm like, okay, bye. So I call the doctor's office because I'm like, that didn't work. So I call and he's like, try again tomorrow. I'm like, is he joking? I'll try. Don't play with me. So I'm like, okay, doctor's orders. You know, I went. Okay. So here I am. They just kept me a few more hours, more than an hour, probably like three or four. And David was hangry and I'm hangry. And this just like, isn't a good thing. And finally they're like, okay, here's your discharge paper. Same deal. And I'm like, this is bullshit. So the next day I got my game face on. I said, David, listen, you're not coming with me. My mom is because she's crazy okay here we go on the way to the hospital we drive through mcdonald's best believe your girl is gonna eat because this could be her last supper okay and i'm like mom they're gonna keep me watch and my mom's like honestly if this is her third day in a row here don't you think maybe we should do more and i was like oh this is why i brought back up so the woman that was on call in my practice that night she was like brand new I met her twice really sweet lady I'm like listen April didn't even call her by her last name or doctor rude I'm like you're gonna keep me and we're gonna have this baby today she's like well it's like late I'm like okay tomorrow morning works that's fine but I'm not going home unless it's with my baby and she's like so what I'm gonna do is like admit you and see how things go I'm like okay and then the other doctor in the practice comes in to see me. She's like, oh, I didn't know you were going to be here. I was like, yeah, I'm getting admitted. Yes. And she's like, but you're not in labor. I'm like, how do we get it there without medicine? I'm like, cause I want the most natural experience, but then like still want an epidural. And she's like, I could strip your membranes. I'm like, let's do that. <laughs> yes. Sign me up. She's like, okay, give me a few minutes. I'll be back. I'm like, okay. So she comes in and she strips my membranes. I have a very high pain tolerance, high, okay? If you do not have a high pain tolerance, do not have your membrane stripped, okay? They just take What's this it? really aggressive looking tool and you're like, um, is this- So wait, explain happening? what stripping your membranes mean because it's honestly, unless cool. you're- right. So you're up in your stirrups. She puts it. It's tall, scary fucking <laughs> up inside. And she just goes along the outside lining of your cervix. cervix. So you're like at a four, you get to a 10 quick, quick, quick. She basically takes down the thickening of the wall. 
and then bam. So she's like, well, I'm going to do it. And then it's probably going to be like a good 12 hours before you're like, oh, okay. So tomorrow. Cool. Cause at this point it's like 11 o'clock on a Friday. I'm like, she does it. My mom's like, are you okay? Can I go? I'm like, yeah, mom, go. David's swapping out. Go, go. So David comes and my mom leaves and I'm still in a triage room. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, we're getting your birthing suite ready. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, so sorry. It's taken so long. We're in a baby boom. I'm like, what said who? I'm like, oh my God, I got to get medicine ASAP because like it was hurting. Ramping is coming on. She said 12 hours. I said 12 hours. My ass, Dr. Tatanini. I mean, it was popping off quick. Mind you, we strip membranes at 11. We get into a room around two. I'm like, this is popping off quick. What can I have? Cause I can't have an anesthesiologist. Poor little ape. She's like, I can give you something, but it's not strong. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do that. When she said it wasn't no, strong, she made a Band-Aid, okay? But I'm gushing. <laughs> Needless to say, my son was born at 5.05 a.m., no epidural, okay? He did try to come in the anesthesiologist, and his words were, oh, you just sit still if you want me to put this needle in your back. <laughs> I turned around, and I, honest to God, thought my head spun all the way around, and I was like, you grow a vagina and be having a head come out, and he was oh like, okay, ma'am, I I'm very sorry for your pain, but I can't give you anything because you won't sit still. I said, I'm having contractions. What do you want me to do? He's like, you're past the point. Like, we're done. This isn't happening. I'm like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, April. And she's like, is there anything you could do? What if we hold her still? I mean, she was like here for me. Like she was supportive. Probably was scared. April. I think she was scared of me. I do. That's fine. We'll take what we can get. And so. Oh, she was like, what can you do? And he's like, well, did you give her this? She's like, yeah, I already gave her some of that. And I'm like, that was a tic-tac. Okay. We need the whole ship. Wow. Okay. Like, what are we doing? So nope, didn't get it. And I was like, they were like, listen, it's just not going to happen. And I was like, I hate you all. <laughs> you can all get <laughs> And yeah, so the second labor wasn't my jam, but she did it. No medicine, whatever. The they pumping into that IV was not, that was nothing, literally. I, you probably, like, you got didn't get an epidural and I did, but I honestly don't think it kicked in fully. Like, I got an epidural because I was four centimeters dilated when I went in and they were like, oh, we're going to give you Pitocin. I'm like, okay, sure. Why? But whatever. Cause my late, my water had broken. So I guess they didn't want her like swimming in, in there with nothing, no fluid. So they're like, we got to give you a Pitocin to like speed yeah. the process. So when I finally got back out of triage and I asked for that epidural, no, it wasn't even, I maybe was comfortable for, I'm going to be honest. It felt like 10 minutes and I'll never forget. I said to Doug, I said, it hurts so bad. It hurt so bad. I've never felt pain like that before. I was like, I am not numb. I feel everything. The nurse comes in. She's like, are you okay? I said, no, I'm having a lot of pressure. And she's like, like what kind of pressure? I said down low, like in my butt, like a lot of pressure. And she's like, you sh- you're fine. Like they just checked your four centimeters. And I was like, no, I feel like I need to push. And she's like, well, don't push yet because if you're not ready, you don't want to do that. It's not going to be good. So now I'm fucking scared. I'm holding in every ounce of me to not push. I'm like, this is not fun. Like it hurt even more. So the anesthesiologist comes in. 
Meanwhile, the nurse is like, let me just pressure epidural button a couple more times. So I'm like, bitch, it's not doing anything, like nothing. So the anesthesiologist comes in and she's like, I'm going to give you this. No idea what it was. And I was like, okay, whatever you need to give me, just give it to me. She gives it to me. And she's like, do you feel any better? I said, no, I don't feel better at all. I said, if it feels worse now, it's hurting even more. And she's like, okay. I said, I really would appreciate it if someone would check me. Cause I, I'm telling you, I got to push. And she's like, no, no, don't push yet. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, I need to, like, I have to right now. So she's like, I'm not going to give you any more medicine because if you actually have to push, you're not going to feel anything and it's not going to be good. I said, okay, great. The nurse comes in. She goes, uh, I'm going to call the doctor because the head's right there. Oh, oh, is the head right there? I can feel it coming out. Like I am, I can't, you're not in labor. That really gets me because I had with my son, very similar experience where I was like, I think I need to push. And they're like, no, no, no. You need to go to the bathroom. And I was like, no, yeah, like I promise it's not that. Like I can feel everything. I will never forget the nurse lifts up the sheet or whatever to put the pan. And she goes, there's the baby's head. I said, I've been saying I need to push. <laughs> and she's like, okay, let's just hold on. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, trying, but you know, I'm about to just reach down and grab them. <laughs> That's because the other like thing. when you feel it, I don't care if it's your first labor, your 15th labor, you just know because the whole time leading up to labor, you're like, I wonder if I'll know, I wonder what I'm in the moment, you know, your body and you're like, my body is saying push it's go time. And I yeah. hate when they're like, no, you're fine not yet. It's fine. I'm like, no, it ain't. No, it ain't. And it's no. like, she goes, wow, that was so fast. We didn't think you'd have this baby for like six to seven more hours. Cool story. Let's get them out. <laughs> but that's what they said to me. They're like, oh, wow, that happened really fast. That's not normal. I'm like, is anything normal in labor? Like, yeah. honestly, everyone's pregnancy is different. You think labor's the same. Yeah. Don't tell me, oh, you don't want to push yet because that could be bad. Yeah. Listen, excuse me. That, that, I wanted to murder that nurse. I wasn't even like cleaned up yet. My dad's like, can I come in? Can I come in? Can I come in? I'm like, dad, I'm still sprawled out. That's why I said to you, how nice is it that it's unfortunate that you, you know, couldn't have the experience of the visitors, but giving birth in a pandemic, you just had like time, just the three of you. I did not have any downtime I literally pushed out a human got put in a room and it was like visitor 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 I'm like yeah I will say like having a kid during a pandemic because you weren't allowed but one person and uh no visitors obviously but you don't have to like I don't think if I had another kid and like visitors were allowed I'd just be like no I don't want to have it like I I'll see you when I get home because it's a it's exhaust I'm sure it's exhausting it's a small room you're Mm -hmm. learning how to like breastfeed and like who the baby is and you got like it takes you 15 30 minutes in the bathroom and you're just like I just want to go shower maybe you got stitches and you're like oh my god (laughs) it's not you're not wearing bras you're just like out in the open I don't want to be like breastfeeding my child and my dad's like sitting there Mm mm-mm Good. Yeah, it, was, it was so bad. And you know what? I've got to be honest. Some of the people that showed up for both labor births, I should say, I was so touched, genuinely touched. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, 
oh, that's so sweet. They came. And in my head, I'm like, so are you going to leave soon? Like, soon yeah, soon? you're like, can you leave? Hi. Hi. Bye. I'm here for that. And other people just like linger. They don't tell you a single thing about postpartum. I, looking back because my postpartum experience was, it just was not good. And I look back at it and I'm just like, not one doctor, not one nurse, not anything told me what to expect postpartum. Nobody. Mm -hmm. And if you think pregnancy is hard, I personally didn't have the hardest pregnancy. I had a very easy pregnancy. I didn't have a lot of complications. It was, everyone's like, you're such a great pregnant person and you had no problems and issues and blah, blah, blah. But postpartum, no, it was tough. It was so tough. And I give my husband so much credit because he was probably like, what the fuck? Like what's happening? Because you can't control anything nothing. And it's funny because at the beginning of pregnancy, you're like in this crazy, we'll call it roller coaster of hormones, you know, but the aftermath is actually 10 times worse. The balancing out of it, the, the anxiety you feel, the, you know, the emotional, just you're all over the place. You know, you're so happy that your baby's here, but yet you're like, Oh my God, my baby and you're worried and you're scared and you literally consider every worst case scenario like as simple as like I need to give my baby a bath oh my god I have to give my baby a bath like everything is scary and then it's like nobody tells you like hey you're gonna carry this baby around for 40 weeks and then it's gonna come into the world and you're gonna be responsible for it. And it's a lot of fucking pressure because it is. And then you take like, well, you wanna make sure they're okay. Are they fed enough? Are, you know, like our baby's needs being met at the same time, dealing with the fact that your emotions, your feelings, your body is on this ride. You didn't sign up for that's like, yes, you wanted to be pregnant. You thought, okay, I'm going to give birth, come home with my baby. It's just going to be rainbow sunshine. Maybe I'll be sleep deprived. But other than that, we'll be good. You know, no, that is a lie. That is a big ass lie. It is for me, I don't know, like for a lot of people, like I see a lot of influencers online who like give birth and they're like, you know, they look great. They feel great. And I get like Instagram. So like a highlight reel, but you just feel so alone. Well, I did. You just feel very alone and isolated and just, you're just going through the motions and people are there and they're like, oh, I'll help you. But you just feel extra alone. You're just like, nobody's helping me. No one knows what to do. I'm the only one who knows how to do it. And I think mine was more so like, I would just get like so extremely stressed out. Like if anyone came around my baby and I was just like, you need to go away and like, stop touching her. Don't talk to her. Don't hold her. And it's like, yeah, why? You know, definitely in my opinion, I don't think that you suffered from PPD. No, I definitely think you suffered from PPA. Very bad. You're a very chill person. And then she came home and it was like, you were like, oh my gosh, people are coming over to see her. I'm like, okay. And you're like, when are they going to leave? 
why are they staying pretty like standard like I couldn't handle it and I was could not because it was like you were in a tunnel is how I would say it like you only could see her Yes. And it was like, you needed to provide her all her needs and only you could do it. Brought you to a halt as an outsider. So you were paralyzed in it. And I'm like, she's okay. And you're fine. And if you want to go to bed, because you know, you've got to be up in a few hours with her, you should do that. And you socialize and it's okay. They're out there. They're not going to hurt her. Like she has to get used to noise. Like, and you're like, this is just so much. And just, and I'm like, I just felt so bad because nothing I was going to say was going to help you because in that moment, the only solution you could see was they had to go because she needed to be asleep. Like, yeah. And I'm like, I see where she's coming from. She has a newborn. I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, get that newborn used to noise, get that newborn socialized, you know, but I'm like, she can't and again, you're not the type of person that stresses over stuff like that no, like, at all. So I'm like, she can't control. This is so far past her. Like you couldn't even dial it back. And the one day you had texted me, you were like, I just seen an event for a minute. And I was like, okay. And I'll never like they, everyone left and it was me and my husband. And I just cried the whole night. I just cried from the time they left until the time I closed my eyes and went to bed. And I, he was like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. You did great. Like, and I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know what's wrong. I said, I can't have anyone around my baby. I can't let people hear. I don't want people in my house. Yeah. I, I didn't even want my mom. No, you didn't want anybody there. No, like, it wasn't a specific person or anything. You wanted nobody. When you're texting me, I'm like, I don't know how to help you. And I don't know what to say to you because it is so much bigger than you. And it wasn't even about her. It was you, you know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, and then at the same time, it's like, well, you got to watch what you say because right now you were hypersensitive, you know what I mean? So it's like, I might say something thinking I'm helping you and it offends you or it sets you off or you're like, uh, nobody's ever coming over again to see my baby again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was new to me because I didn't experience it. I had, I did not experience it maybe to an extent, some postpartum depression after David, just because his dad and I were not in a good place. We brought him into the world in turmoil in our marriage. And that wasn't good for any child, but I don't think I experienced anything like you did. And I, I felt bad because I couldn't help you Yeah see it and I'm like I just want to tell her she needs to calm down and she has to stop but at the same time I'm like I can't say that to her because she needs to feel this she has to go through it to get to the other side so I just tried to support you the best way I knew how and saying you're okay it's okay you're her mom and you know what she needs and honestly I don't think there's anything else you can say to a mom going through it and that's like deep in it because yeah. at that moment, you needed to be reassured that you are her mom and what you say she needs is what she needs. And so if anything, I felt like when you would say something to me about what was going on, you just need to be reassured. And I'm like, yeah. I can do that for her. I can reassure her because I know at the end of the day, no matter what she's going through, she's 
her mindset is on her, although it's actually about you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you were in your mind doing what you thought was best for her, but it was just over, you know, not over the top. That's not the word I want to use, but it was just a little bit extra as far as how you were going about it because of your internal feelings. Yes. And I think it was definitely, it was hard to watch because I was like, I don't know what my place is here and what is right and wrong. And I wanted to be there for you. Cause I'm like, when I was a new mom, I didn't really have people. I'm going to leave it in her court. I'm going to let her say what she needs to say when she needs to say it. And I thought, I'll just do what my favorite thing is. is just fuss over that baby. And I'm like, send me pictures. Oh my gosh. You know? And when we would do that, you would get out of it. Yeah. Get how anxious you were. You would stop stressing over the people in the driveway or that your mom got drunk at a sealer game, watching the game and laughed very loud. And you wanted to put your baby to sleep. You know what I mean? Like you didn't stress about it as much because I'm like, well, what's she doing now? And oh my gosh, she's doing this or that. And then you were, you just went into like proud mom mode. But I don't think that anybody really tells you how severe it is, how much yeah. it can take over you. Because at one point you said, I'm just sitting here and I'm crying. And I thought, Jesus, I don't know what to do for her. I, I don't. And you couldn't even say why. No. And that's what you kept saying. You're like, I don't know why. And I'm like, it's okay. And that's the only thing I could do was tell you it was okay. Because I think as moms, as women, we go through so many things. How we were taught is that certain things aren't okay. We should do this. And what I want any woman I encounter, any girl I encounter to know how you feel is okay. How you are reacting is okay because it's how you emotionally feel. Feel. I want my daughter to know that, my sister, my mother, you, any woman in my life, But at the same time, the best thing I can do is validate your feelings. You know, that's what you needed most in my Mm -hmm. opinion at that time, because Doug, great man, great husband, really good dad. He didn't know what to say to you either. You know, he loves you and he's like, and he just decided to be a dad. And I think he just was like, I don't know. You know, he couldn't understand like why you were sad or upset or that's all anybody could do. You're very headstrong. You know that in the middle of what you experienced, I think it was hard to find that part of you because now it wasn't about you. It was about her. But at the same time, what you were feeling was actually internal, not her. She was fine. You know what I mean? Exactly. She's always been fine. She came home. She was loved. She was well taken care of. You knew what she liked, didn't like. You know what I mean? Down to, no, don't give her that kind of pacifier. She likes this one. You know what I mean? Like, you knew instantly. But this internal anxiety was just there. And it was all about, like, you need to protect her. You need to take care of her. And it was something that stressed you. And even when you came back to work, the mom guilt kicked in. Yeah. I'm going to miss something. Or what if this happens? Or what if I can't be there for that? And then it, it was a balance still of your emotions, 
you know, you came back to work after three months. I don't really think that's enough. You know, you're still going through a lot physically and mentally, emotionally. And, you know, you were still working on nailing down her schedule. She was still like at that iffy, almost slept the whole night, but still woke up. So then you're losing sleep. And I think there was a couple weeks there and it turned around quick. I will say where you were just sad. Yeah. You were sad, but there was no specific reason causing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't work. It wasn't a specific thing at work or at home or with her. You were just sad. And it was like, okay, what do I have to do in my work day? Let me get it done so I can get home to my baby or get back to my baby. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think I'll never forget. I had Char, I had my baby Char, and then it was a week later. I think it was the week later I had the baby, like I had Charlotte. And then my mom was going to have a family reunion. And I was actually due on the day of the family reunion why I had her a week early. So, you know, she's already been with us a week. We were like, okay, it's our first outing. We're going to go to the family reunion. It is what it is. Might I add, newborns need a lot. And where I was, I thought they needed a lot. I was like, newborns will sleep wherever they want to sleep. You want to lay them right on the couch, they'll sleep there. You want to lay them on your chest, they'll sleep there. They could sleep outside next to a chainsaw. No one would even, they wouldn't move. Nope. She slept. The whole time we were at the party, I fed her. She changed. Everything was fine. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Well, people want to see the baby, hold the baby. Mm-hmm. So the, and I get so like, oh my God, emotional even thinking about it because sh- I was sitting there and I was just watching everybody hold my baby and just like, I, I could physically, I just could crawl out of my skin. I was like, you're, you don't know what you're doing. I just thought anyone and anyone that held her didn't know what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you need to get me here now. And I'll never forget. We left and she was fine. Like I said, there was no issue. We left. And I was immediately, once I got in the car, we didn't even leave my parents' house. I was sobbing. Doug's like, what's wrong? I was like, I don't know. It was too much. There's too much going on. I feel very overwhelmed. I just want to get home. I just want to be home. I don't want to do anything else. And we had forgotten something. So I had to go back. And I was like, stressed. Like I immediately just broke down even more. He's like, it's okay. We're going to go back. We'll get it. And my mom had come out. And again, when I'm someone who's crying, you can tell, like I was crying. And she's like, what's the matter? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's the matter. And she's like, are you okay? Like, well, do you feel okay? Are you hurting? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just really upset. And I just was crying, crying. She's like, like, do you feel depressed? She's like, you don't like resent your baby, do you? And I was like, no, no. Like, I love her. I want to be with her. I want to hold her. I want to hug her. I don't resent her at all. She's like, okay, well, just, you know, your emotions are everywhere. You just had a baby. Your hormones are all over the place go home, put her to bed, get some sleep. I'll never forget it. I was, and ever since that day, it was downhill from there. And it still is not, I will say like, even to this day, it's still not good. Like, I think that's the reason why I don't go out to places when I have her. Like, I'm like, okay, you know, this time she goes to bed, we have to go home and go to bed because it's like, question, huh? 
Let me ask you a question. So the last two events I saw you at, like family events with the baby, you're like, oh, she's so fussy or, oh, she just doesn't want to be around certain people. Do you think she doesn't want to be around certain people or do you think she's picking up on your anxiety? I, part of it may be my anxiety. And I, I think she's definitely a baby. She doesn't like people in her face right away. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. She likes to stare at you from afar. She don't, and she's getting like, she's changing a little bit. Like she's never really been like that. She was always really good around strangers. Anyone would come up to her and not have a problem. Now it's like people come up to her and if it's like too quick, she freaks out and she like cannot straighten it out. And then I'm stressed, you know, and she probably feels my stress and my anxiety. So she can't calm down because I can't calm down. Mm -hmm. So it's just like a bad mixture of things. Like I probably have not felt like that until the most recent event we were at. And it all just came back all at once. And I could not wait. I could not wait to leave the party. I did not have fun. I don't remember who I talked to. I don't remember what I talked about. I don't remember eating. I do not remember drinking anything. I don't remember anything. All I remember is she was upset. I was upset. Everyone wanted to try and tell me how it should be. And this is this and this and that. And I just was like, I just want to leave. I, I finally just like told my husband, I was like, we're leaving. I ran out of there so fast. I didn't even say bye to my own dad. I was out. I said, I got to go. And I'll never forget. I turned my uncle's like, Oh, you're leaving. I was like, yeah, she's just really sick. She doesn't feel good. I didn't even say bye to him. I didn't even turn around and go back and say hi. And that's not like me. I usually am like, goodbye. See you later. Hugs and kisses. Yeah. I was out. And it's, it's shitty. It really is not a fun thing to feel. I've never been someone with anxiety, so I don't know fully if that's what it is. I don't know. I feel hopeless because then I was at the doctor. I went to my six-week checkup. I told him, I said, I feel very anxious, like very uneasy about things. He's like, okay. They did nothing for me. Mm -hmm. So I feel so bad for moms who are really going through it, you really have to like, be like, I need something. I need help because I didn't know if I needed it. I don't think you realize it. You might hear it when you play this back. You are going through it still. Oh, I am 100%. 100%. Your baby is a very happy baby. I do agree with the fact that she is getting into that stage where she, like, if you just like walk up to her and like, Charlotte in her face, she's like, the fact that you see it, the fact that you're realizing it is huge. I think you should give yourself a lot of credit for it because I think women go through this all the time and say nothing to anybody. Yeah. They internalize it and then it spews out on their child and then resentments form. And from the jump, you don't have a good relationship with your child. I think you are trying so hard to protect that relationship and her that you're kind of like burying your shit. And you're like, yeah. keep going for her. Got to do what she needs. I got to take care of her. And, uh, and I think the best thing any parent can do for their child is make sure you yourself are good. Mm-hmm. Because I, I will tell you, I have failed as a parent on days I sucked. I went through a shit breakup recently and 
first guy involved in my children's lives since their father. And I had to take a step back for a day. And I, you know, I said to my parents, I need you to take them because right now where my mental emotional state is, I will not be a good mom. Yeah. Not like I'm not going to burn the house down or drive them off a bridge, but I'm like, <laughs> I know that this isn't who they need to see. You know, this version of me and my parents, my dad was like, go fall apart tonight. See you tomorrow. You know, yeah. And like the best thing you can do as a parent is realize when you may need something, whether it's to talk to somebody, seek some sort of medical, whatever, get it. Because I think we keep going so often. We just keep pushing through. We got to go to work. We got to take care of that child. We got to, you know, feed them, clothe them, get, you know, activities, whatever. Sometimes you need to pause and focus on your mental health because you are nothing to them if you are not stable. Society has kind of like, you have the baby and then you're a mom and everything's great. And if you go back to work, you go back to work or you're home or whatever. Well, where's the part where you have crippling anxiety because somebody else is holding your child and you are freaking out inside? You know, Mm -hmm. where's the part where you're like, oh my God, is she overstimulated? Where is the part that tells you that's normal or that's okay, or you're going to experience that because it's it's, not there. No, there's no, I will say there's no real support. Like from many parties that you talk to even after birth, like to even help you. So like I said, for me, the whole like postpartum was, I felt alone because probably because I didn't know how to deal with that or like what to say or you know, I would feel judged if I said it or, you know, anything like that. So I definitely didn't deal with it then. It's still obviously an ongoing factor. I know 100% is. I know the past two events that I've been at, it was heightened. I used, nailed it right on the head when you said, you know, the event I had at my family's when you got there, I was like on edge. And then eventually I like calmed down. I was, I walked in <clears throat> I was like, and it was what, it was only two weeks after the 4th of July or something. And she had freaked out. Mm -hmm. I was stressed. Might I add, this is my mom's house. She goes there every day, every day, knows it up and down every day. And I was going there and I was stressed. I was like, she's not going to be okay. There's going to be a lot of people here. We're going to walk in and she's not going to be okay. We walked in not even two seconds. She started crying. I immediately was, I was like, I have to be out. I have to like leave. I can't be here. I was freaking out. Like, I'm not that type of person at all. Definitely not. Very social. So yeah. And I like made her my rounds and my, you know, my dad who he sees her every single day again had taken her and I was trying to like say hi to everyone and hi, how are you? And blah, blah, blah. And I could just hear her crying. And I'm like, I trust her with my dad. It's not like that. I didn't trust her, but all I wanted to do was for him to give her to me. I was like, you need to give me her. Like, I didn't say that, but that's how I felt. Yeah. So said when you came, you noticed that I was like stressed. And then eventually I like calmed down. That's so true because I was so stressed 
Mm -hmm. Honestly, I will say I could not wait for you to get there. I could not wait for our other friend to get there. I, I just, I couldn't oh, wait I because I could feel it. We walked up. It was a whole, I've been to your parents many a times and for a lot of different events and what have you. And the vibe I felt, I don't know if it's because we're best friends. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely feel like we feel each other and we know even when the other one's not saying it, that's the point our friendship has reached. So like, we kind of like walked in and you know, our other friend, she's ready to like do the rounds and say, and I'm like, a line. Yeah. Let me get to my girl. I see her over there. And I don't know what it was. Cause you didn't say anything, but I just, and I was like, mm, something's up. Like I don't know. It was like a feeling. So I, I come over and, you know, I kick off my shoes. I sit down on the blanket and I'm like, I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. What I thought I was feeling. I feel it. It's here, right here. Let's crack a drink. It's going to be a good day. We're good. And then, you know, I could see your tension. Like I noticed it, you like were here and I just saw you start to calm down. I'm like, okay going to be a good day. She's good. And I don't think protection thing. Yeah. It's so bizarre how fierce you feel like the, that I have to take care of this person. And literally though, that is your purpose. now. <laughs> like you yeah. are responsible to take care of her. And I think right now it, it overwhelms your being. I think it's unfortunate that we're raising kids in a time that is crazy and scary. And yeah, I think that doesn't help no matter how calm we are day to day going out and being out and about and whatever. It's different when it comes down to them. Mm -hmm. Nobody tells you that part, that feeling where you're like, wow, I have to always put them first. I have to always protect them and be ahead of it. You know, it is scary. You know, it is what it is. And I told my husband, I said, Nobody else has to understand. No one understands what it's like to have to go through pregnancy and birth through a pandemic. And I was just like, why am I saying this? And I said, no one has to feel what it feels like to give birth in a birthing room and you don't have your mom or, you know, whoever your other support person is along with you. I said, no one, you know, I didn't get to experience visitors and I didn't get to experience this. And I, and it's just like, you know, and now, you know, you bring this baby home and you have to keep them safe and there's this virus and this going on. So I don't think like the scenario as to like how she came into the world was great. And I think that's probably one reason why it's heightened because I was just like so mad that like, that's the way it was. You just, like I said, it's not like I was alone. Like my husband was there, but yeah, I felt a pandemic baby without intention on your part you were very much isolated through yeah and see through the labor through you know I looked at it like wow how nice that you guys had that time just the three of you but maybe you didn't need 25 visitors in a day but your mom you know what I yeah. mean being there or you know that experience with you your mom and your husband while your child came into this world you know there is a lot to be said of what you're saying there. I didn't look at it from that point of view. You and too, I mean, had you a know, pregnancy almost. Your entire pregnancy was almost during the pandemic. 
yeah think about it and it was really hard to like find happy things that were like joyful because everything was not joyful nothing was joyful I was pregnant I lost my job you know my husband was cut hours I'm like we have a baby like we need money like what are we going to do and then you know the whole you go through this whole pregnancy and you start hearing you know they're not letting any husbands in the delivery room and you're like what my husband's not allowed in the delivery room with me so you're stressed from like the beginning of time is that going to happen to me and you're asking questions at your doctor's appointments that you would never ask like ever and it's it was painful that that had to be resolved it had to revolve around the virus or the pandemic but it did I mean I'll never forget we had our anatomy scan and you wait forever to get your anatomy scan and I'm like I didn't get a notification they're still letting like one support person in everything's good no problems we're good Doug's gonna be there whatever and we get to the door and there's a sign on the door and it says as of and it was the day before no support person allowed in with patient or whatever and I was like oh they told me like I called I was like they said it's fine and we walk in and they wouldn't even let you into the like into the waiting room and they were like he can't come I said what do you mean he can't come he's not allowed in and I was like like he's here like nothing was wrong they're like I'm sorry he just can't come in and you go in and I already had started crying because I'm like okay well this is shit you go in and you're just sitting there and there's three chairs everyone's wearing masks everyone has gloves on no one wants to touch you no one wants to talk to you and you ask can I FaceTime my husband and they're like well we have to check because we don't know if that's allowed we don't know if policy will allow that and you're like this is my first baby (laughs) like he's the dad now he has to watch you know the anatomy scan on FaceTime and you're just in there alone and you know wow I never looked that yeah the nurse is there and you're just like crying and you're upset and she's like everything will be okay and I could, and I'm waiting in the waiting room and then FaceTime's not working. So I couldn't get my husband on the line and I'm like, I can't get him. And what am I going to do? And my mom calls me and I'm just sobbing and she's like, it's okay. Calm down. So I'm sure like it just sprouts from all that, but it's like, it's shitty. And I didn't even have Charlotte, like in the prime, like when I went to get my anatomy scan, that was like, prime COVID, like when people were like in the hospital, not yeah. anything, no visitors. And it it's cruddy. It was really cruddy, but I mean, you just start to find like happy things out of other things. And I think that's why another reason I feel so safe, just like in your bubble. If, yeah. Like it's us, it's we're here. There's nothing else because that's how it was. There was never anyone else. It was just me and him. And then time, it was just you, him and her in the womb. Yeah. So maybe that's why, I mean, there's just now when you go out in the world, it's like this big, scary, big, big, bad wolf type of thing. Yeah. I mean, and you're like, whoa, it's crazy. I mean, I even told you, yeah. Like I remember like texting you, like, I think Doug wanted to go to eat. And I was like, no, we're not like, we can't go to eat. And you're like, why can't you go to eat? And I was like, I don't want to go to a restaurant. And you're like, 
Brittany, but why? And I'm like, she's going to cry. Something's going to happen. She goes, okay. And she cries. And what do you do? Like you had to put it in perspective for me. And it's still, I still didn't go for like, a while. I don't even know when I first went to a restaurant. I took a picture of her the first time I went to a restaurant. I could probably tell you exactly how old she was. She was definitely old. It was a couple months. It was. Yeah. You didn't want to go. And I'm like, this is what you do. You and Doug used to do every Friday night dinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was your thing. And when I thought of you guys having a baby, I'm like, baby will be in a little carrier of some sort and be right next to them. Cause that's just who they are. And it was a while before that actually happened, but yeah. I never looked at it from that perspective. As far as you had a pandemic baby, you were literally isolated for so long that then now here she is you're not ready for the whole world to have her or be yeah her or know her or you know you're kind of like you're still in your quarantine bubble it's a very I think it definitely ha- and I always told myself like because we were not like the scared people when it first came out yeah we were scared I isolated I didn't go see anyone nothing but I would visit family and friends and I'd go out when we were allowed to go out eventually and it wasn't like I didn't do those things. Like I was fully isolated. And I always told myself, I'm like, I'm fine. Like, I'm not really like affected by the pandemic, but I think I was affected by it more than I thought or mm-hmm. think. And it's it affected you more mentally than anything else. Yeah. And you I don't realize so that focused on the physical medical toll it took on people or has taken, but it mm-hmm. has done a lot. And I think it changed a lot of people, but. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was hard. It was definitely weird. And I'm sure people who were pregnant during it before me and like had to have a baby in April and March, like, oh my God, I could only imagine. I, it I just, just had my baby at home at that point as much. Yeah. As and honestly, birth. yeah, when we were. My significant other couldn't be present. Baby pull, here I come. We talked about it. Honestly, it's stuff you would honestly not think you would talk about. Me and Doug talked about it. I was like, Doug, if you can't be in the room, I can't. I have to have the baby at home. My girlfriend, same thing. She's like, I don't know what I would do. I can't do it. Like, there's no way. I mean, you had those talks. You started to like research it and look into it because you just didn't know what was going to happen. And event, you know, my husband wasn't at so many doctor's appointments eventually he was allowed and it was definitely weird it was just weird because people who talk to you before they're like oh yeah this and oh yeah they're allowed there and you're just like no they're not like you're just alone it's just you and her or you and your baby yeah maybe that's why now I'm just like okay bye I've been doing it since before time (laughs) like see you later but who knows I think you'll always have a fear for your child. I think that's normal as a parent. I don't think that goes away. I'm 33 and my mom's like, oh, haven't heard. <laughs> Are you alive? I'm like, mom, can we not? You see, that's my like, day. like, you know, I'm alive, you know, but like, yeah, my it, mom, when we went on vacation, we were on the 10th floor and I'm like, oh, we're on the 10th floor. And she's like, well, did you look for the fire exits? I'm like, yeah. I mean, mom, like, no. And then I go up to the 10th <laughs> floor and I'm like, where are the fucking fire exits? Because I don't know. <laughs> Right? you know it's like it's definitely a thing me up Brad <laughs> like <laughs> no but seriously and it's like so uh postpartum is hard 
postpartum. Some people it's not hard. It's so real. No. And that's, that is, I think the hardest part is it's not everybody. It's not the same for everybody who does go through PPD or PPA. There are different experiences for each and every person as is every childbirth and pregnancy. So I just feel like a bigger light needs to kind of be shining down on it because it's very real. And now what you just kind of pointed out was there's a whole other version of it for women who were pregnant or gave birth in a pandemic. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. mind blowing actually. It's very enlightening. It's like, wow. So I hope somebody similar to your experience is listening and doesn't feel alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I mean, if anything, if it just brings comfort to anybody, I mean, that's it really. And I always ask like, when am I going to feel myself again? When am I going to be who I was? And I don't think I'll ever be who I was. People are like, oh, you, you know, you have to find the new you or, you know, when I had my baby, I had to mourn who I was. I honestly am me. Like I feel somewhat like who I was before I had my baby, but not fully, like definitely not fully. And it's just finding happiness in other places now. We appreciate it, guys. Thanks and listen in for the next one. Thanks. Bye.